Remember your baptism. Familiar phrase? This is a common phrase in church life. It's common in our liturgy. And quite often, from time to time, you hear preachers say it a lot. Remember your baptism. Now, typically, what I've found is that most people, when you give them the charge to remember their baptism, what they first tend to think about is, let's see, I think it was April something, some date, or maybe it was a, yeah, it was a Sunday, yeah, everybody, yeah. I think it was 19, and any time you say a date with 19, you're in trouble, right? But I think it was 19-something, and seems like, let's see, who was there? Mama was there, maybe, I think my brother was there. It was at that little church I, I used to go to when I was a kid, and, and this becomes a way that we remember our baptism. We try to remember things about the day that we were baptized, right? Does that sound fair? Or maybe we think about, yeah, I was sprinkled, Right? I stood up in front of the church, and the pastor took a bottle of Windex and just, no, the pastor did not do that. I was sprinkled, or maybe in some of our traditions, maybe we were dunked, right? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if that pastor had doubts about you, maybe one to grow on. But we tend to remember things about the day we were baptized. And that's okay to do. I think it's fair to do. It seems almost uh, natural to do that. But think about this. Another response that many people have when you tell them to remember your baptism, they say, well, I was three months old. I don't remember much about my baptism. And we can understand that. So if we're going to hear that phrase over and over again in church life, remember your baptism, seems like we need to have a good understanding of what that is. And I think that we should recognize and understand that the charge to remember your baptism does not mean to remember the day you were baptized. That's not what I am asking you to do when I say remember your baptism. And friends, there is book after book after book and resource and resource. Preachers have preached and preached and Sunday school teachers have taught and taught so many lessons and words about baptism. There is and have been many, much to say about baptism. Baptism is one of those subjects that churches will fight about or judge each other about, right? We're honest, churches will fight about a lot of things, but this is one of those good holy fights, right? The way you're baptized and how and all these kinds of stuff. There's a lot to be said about baptism, and there'll probably always be a lot to be said about baptism. But I want to offer you today three things that I think will help us understand what it means to remember our baptism. And then I want to offer you one thing that I think will help us remind ourselves of what our baptism is. What I want you to remember first, though, is that account from Genesis 1, familiar words, right? In the beginning. And Genesis 1 takes us through the creation of the universe that God brought into being. Tell me, what do you take from Genesis 1, the very first verses, about the earth? What was the earth like in Genesis 1? A formless void, right? Now, uh, people tend to say, well, there was nothing. The earth was just there and it was nothing. But that's not what Genesis 1 tells us. 
Genesis 1 tells you that the Holy Spirit hovered over what? The waters. So at the very least, there's a lot of water going on. And the term, the one word we tend to take from Genesis 1 when we talk about the creation of the world is the word chaos. That in the beginning, the world was chaotic. Now, that'll preach a little more than I'm going to let it. But that the world was chaotic. And that in that chaos of the world, God made something out of it. God took what was chaotic and brought into being the creation of the world as beautiful and as magnificent as it is. That only God could do something like that, right? So there's this chaos that God shows up to. Now, think about Mark 1 as well. You have John the Baptist. Where is he preaching? Where is he doing his baptizing? In the wilderness. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of the word wilderness, but maybe those first four letters are to give you an indication, right? Wild. In the wilderness, you never know what those animals are going to say there up in that plain, right? Y'all haven't seen the movie. Never mind. (laughs) But the wilderness. You don't want to get stuck in the... Now you got it, right? Okay, good. You don't want to get stuck in the wilderness because it's a bad place to be. But even more than that, if you think about the people of God, their experience in the wilderness. And where does Jesus, Jesus show up to? The wilderness. So if I'm going to tell you, remember your baptism, maybe one of the first things we can remember is that, you know what? In my chaos and in my wilderness, God showed up. And God has been and God is able to make so much more out of my chaos, out of this chaotic life, out of this wild life. God can do wonderful and beautiful things. Amen. Thank you. Because only God can do that, and that's what God did. Now, the second thing I want you to think about, one, that God has shown up into the chaos, into the wilderness, but the second thing is this. There in the chaos of the world, the Spirit was at work. What was the Spirit doing? Hovering over the waters. The Spirit was at work at the creation of the world, at work, bringing into life this new world. And as Jesus was getting baptized, guess what? The Spirit was there as well. When I ask you or when I tell you to remember your baptism, one of the things I want you to remember as well is that God's Spirit is at work. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us and guide us. What the Spirit teaches us and where the Spirit guides us, those are God things. Those are ways that God is moving in our life. And when we remember our baptism, I think we have to recognize the work that the Spirit is doing and has done. Part of the blessing when someone gets baptized at the very end, after they've gone through the whole water, whether it's sprinkled, whether it's done, one of the things we tell them, one of the ways we bless them We'd say, we declare that the Holy Spirit be at work within you. It's a blessing from God because as people who are baptized by God, we understand and we trust that God's Spirit is continually working in us. Anyone ever felt that? 
We, we give the, the quote to John Newton that says, I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be. But still, I am not what I used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the work of the Spirit, God has shown us and revealed new things to us. God has taken us from here, the chaos and the wilderness, and little by little brought us to new life. Y'all with me? Now, the third thing, if someone were to tell you, remember your baptism. You remember that God showed up in the chaos and the wilderness and that God's spirit has been and will be at work in us. But the last thing I want you to remember about remember your baptism is God's voice. God's voice speaks in creation. In fact, God speaks, creation happens, right? God speaks light and day. And one of the things God will continually say in the creation stories is that creation was good. God says this creation is good. Am I lying? God said it, right? Now, in Mark's story of Jesus' baptism, God's voice also shows up. It's really kind of interesting. If you think about Matthew's account of this story in Mark's, it's a little different. It's a little different. In, in Matthew's version, there's a voice that shows up. It says pretty much the same thing. But the implication is that a voice is heard and says, this is my son, the beloved. As to imply that the people who were supposed to hear it were everybody that were there. That that voice was so that everybody could know who Jesus was. But in Mark, if you heard, the voice says, you are my son, the beloved. And the implication seems to be it's not for everybody else to know at this point, but it's so that Jesus knows. And friends, I don't know what other people think about you. But I know what God thinks about you. I want you to hear that voice of God say, you are my beloved. That's what God's voice says. And as we are baptized as God's people, we hear that voice again. You are my beloved. You are mine. Y'all with me? You are mine. So what we remember is God's presence with us in the chaos and in the wilderness. What we remember is God's work in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what we remember also in our baptism is God's voice assuring us that we are God's own. That's what we remember. And I think it's easy to wrap our minds around what to remember. I think it's more difficult, though, to wrap our minds around and to dedicate ourselves to actually remembering our baptism. What I mean to say is that our baptism is not something that we get all sentimental about. Remember your baptism. Oh, it was a wonderful day. The barbecue was great afterwards. All the family was there. It was beautiful. That's not what we're talking about. It's not something we check off the list. Oh, I got baptized. Now I can go to heaven. That's not what baptism is about either. I think we miss the point if we focus in on where we did our baptism how we did our baptism, who did our baptism. Because baptism is God's sign to us of the great 
love that God has for us. It's God's sign that we have been welcomed into the arms of God. We have been welcomed with an unconditional love and a grace greater than our sin. It is God's work, this act we call baptism. So it doesn't matter where you were. It doesn't matter how old you were. It doesn't matter what you thought as you were going in and out of the water. It doesn't matter if you had on a white robe or some regular clothes. It doesn't matter if you were dunked in a river and a in the ocean, in the Gulf of Mexico, doesn't matter if you were sprinkled up here with anything. What matters is God was there because it's God's work in us. And if we're going to say that, and if we're going to believe that, then when we say, remember your baptism, we have to respond. God's love has been given to us freely, and we have to respond. And the way we respond and the way we remember is by serving. Using our life, then, to serve God. You see, I love the church. I love everybody in the church. But I get mad at some of our brothers and sisters because we stop right there. We talk about baptism or we talk about the great love for God and everything that God wants to do for us and how good God is and all that stuff. And believe me, friends, I believe that. I affirm that. I thank God for that. But that's not the end of the story. Because we have to then respond. And we didn't read the next verse in Mark's account of the gospel. But if we would have, this is what it would have said. Jesus gets baptized, however that happens, comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descends upon him, right? Am I telling the story right? A voice comes, says, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The very next verse says, and immediately the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. It's like the gospel inception. You ever seen that movie, Inception? A dream within a dream. Because where was John preaching and baptizing? In the wilderness. And where did Jesus go? In the wilderness. He gets baptized, and then the Spirit sends him where? Into the wilderness. So you get to the wilderness. You got to go over to the real wilderness where nobody's at. But you know what Jesus did? He went. And the rest of Mark, and the rest of the other gospel stories show us how obedient Christ was. So that should tell us then, as people who have been baptized, as God's people, How do we respond? Are we serving? Are we loving? Are we following our God? If not, friends, we're just like any other organization. We're just like any other group. But if we are, we are God's agent of change and transformation in the world. And if we are willing to allow God to use us, when we respond to our baptism and service and love, God can and will do amazing things for this world. But friends, you and I have to respond. Would you pray with me? Oh God, there's nothing that we can do, nowhere we can be, no act that we can perform where you have not already made your presence known. 
even in our baptism, all we are doing is responding to the love that you have offered to us. So God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the love that you have shown to us. We thank you, God, for the mercy you have given to us. And today we ask that you would help us to indeed remember our baptism. Not the day, not the circumstances, but to remember the calling we have as your people to serve in this world, to serve to bring your will wherever it is you send us. God, that takes faith. It takes encouragement. It takes a little nudging. It takes forgiveness. It takes mercy. And it takes a whole lot of hope. So, God, we pray that you would give us all these things by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we indeed can remember our baptism. In Jesus' name, amen.